All right, that's Chris Lee, Dennis Cox here with you. Grant Hill producing us this afternoon on The Fan. Tomorrow and Thursday, we're going to get two more contestants to wing your weight and meet. So, again, text 919-860-5326-MEAT. Graham might give you a call if you do that. But we talked about yesterday, Chris, the offseason moves we want to see the Carolina Panthers make. Well, let's go to the other team in Charlotte, the Charlotte Hornets. Let's go to our four-of-a-kind offseason moves we want to see the Hornets make. All right, I'll start off. Kick it off. Um, LaMelo Ball. Mm-hmm. He's He's been in the NBA for about three years, so it's getting time for that extension. And I think that the the, the maybe it won't happen during the offseason. It may not. It, it might, but it may not actually happen during the offseason. But at some point, I think uh, the Charlotte Hornets, to make everything go that they need to have go, that is your superstar. That is the guy of the future. Make sure he is set and he's solid uh, for another three, four years here in Charlotte so that you can start to build around him. LaMelo Ball is going to be the foundation of everything. He doesn't mind sharing the ball. He's fun to play with if you ask his teammates. Yeah. Um, six foot seven point guard could do a lot on the floor uh, right there. And so if you're a scorer, if you're somebody who's looking to get set up and get, get some high uh, stats, LaMelo Ball's going to pass you the ball if you get open. So come to Charlotte and Charlotte to have that happen. You need to make sure you get him to sign an extension. That's number one thing for me. And I've definitely got a good list after this. Uh, that's definitely number one on my list, an extension for LaMelo Ball. I, I don't know how, but the CBA, how that all that works, you know, right now with the rookie, uh, rookie max extensions. He's all eligible. That kind of stuff. Um, he's eligible. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be eligible for the max yeah. uh, because uh, he wasn't on an all NBA team. Yeah, I don't know how that will work if he makes it this offseason and all that. So, again, it's how the NBA structures all that kind of stuff I think is odd in my opinion. But here is something, tangible stats, Chris, about why LaMelo Ball makes the Charlotte Hornets better. So, points per game. and he's, he's played 162 games in his career. He's missed 74. So, health is definitely a concern. But in 162 games, the Charlotte Hornets average 114 points per game. Without him, just under 108. So you're looking at legit six points per game better. Also, pace of play in terms of possessions per game, more than three possessions per game when he's on the floor as opposed to without. Also, the team passes the ball better as a whole. They average two assists more per game with him on the floor than without. Also, the Charlotte Hornets have a higher shooting percentage and a higher three-point percentage and actually have more three-point attempts as well, all when the mellow ball plays in games than without. This guy legit makes the team better when he plays. Simple as that. And that's data to back it up. So that's number one on my list. Take that for data. Second thing I would like to see them do, and I'm sure this is on your list as well, Chris, I would like to see them re-sign. He's a restricted free agent, but P.J. Washington, I think he is continuing to grow and develop as a little bit of an undersized number an undersized power forward but he can stretch the floor as a four as well but he i think is growing it to be a potentially special player as he continues to mature and get older yeah you're right he's six foot seven so he's the same height as Lamelo ball but Lamelo plays the one and he plays the four Mm -hmm. so it's a completely different guy but he's also a a new type of four that fits the nba right because he's that four and he's also second on my list so i'll just go ahead and say that but uh, P.J. Washington is the type of guy who can um, bang down low if he needs to because he has the foot skills. 
um, and and uh, he has the shooting ability to do whatever he needs to do around the basket and also within 15 feet. He's also a decent corner three-point shooter uh, as well. He shot the three-point shot uh, this past year at uh, about 35% career at a little bit over 36%, almost 37%. That's pretty good for the NBA. Yeah. And as a, as a four, he can grab the rebound, average five rebounds this past season, and he can push the ball up the court himself. He doesn't have to pass it off. We've seen that a lot with people like Bam Adebayo. We've seen Duke uh, do that a lot with Paolo Bancaro when he was there with them two seasons ago. So that's uh, that's something that's going to be very interesting with him. He's a very good running mate to go alongside uh, LaMelo Ball. So I'm with you. That is my number two as well. My number three mm-hmm. is I want them to make a definitive choice on Miles Bridges. Yeah. Miles Bridges, um, very good player, uh, but also went into got a, into a little bit of trouble last offseason where he had the domestic violence uh, dispute uh, or charge levied against him. And so the NBA gave him a 30-game suspension. He didn't play at all last season. He was actually a restricted free agent uh, last summer, but then he gets in trouble. Nobody signs him. The Hornets still has his bird rights, right? So he didn't play. If he plays this upcoming season, he'll only have to, uh, I think, take 10 of those 30 games because he didn't play all of last year. He will no doubt make your team better. But do you want that guy with that cloud hanging over you, uh, you know, uh, play for your team? That's the decision that Michael Jordan and Mitch Kupchak are going to have to make. Uh, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do either way. But somehow make a decision on him, bring him back, or just move on and let's keep this ball rolling. Stop making it a cloud over your organization right now. All right, next on my list, you mentioned Michael Jordan, Mitch Kupchak. Finalize the sale, please. Like, make sure this thing goes through. Michael, you're the best ever to do it on a basketball floor as a player, but as an executive, I'm sorry it has not worked out. Let's finalize the sale of the Charlotte Hornets and also make sure they stay in Charlotte. I don't know what this new ownership going in here and just start trying to move things around. Uh, But finalize the sale. And my final one, Chris, whatever you got to do, Charlotte Hornets, I don't know if you got to text meat to somebody, but can we make sure that Charlotte Hornet games are available to be seen here in Raleigh? Yeah. That is something I would like to see happen. Can we make this happen, please? Gosh, you know it's in the I, state of North Carolina. I should be able to watch these games easily. When I moved here and I saw that only Bally Sports South is here, I guess that's what it yeah. is, instead of Southeast mm-hmm. also. Like when I was in Greensboro, you were you had both. Oh, nice. So I could watch the, the Hurricanes. I could watch the Hornets. You know, and it's I, I just thought it was going to be the same because it's North Carolina. And nope. to find out that I can't even watch the, the Hornets in my own state, that's uh, that's whack. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. My number four is to bring in a playoff-tested veteran who can lead. Maybe one or maybe two. Here's some names who are available, Dennis, and a couple who are basically on a budget. Danny Green. Mm-hmm. He's not going to give you a lot, but there's still some things right there in the gas tank. Uh, he's 43% from uh, three points. Like, he can he can do it. He can help lead you and maybe get you to the playoffs. George Hill, he's a point guard, and he's maybe like the point guard version of Danny Green. He could be a great backup to LaMelo Ball. Here's a pricier option, though. Seth Curry. Bring him mm. back to Charlotte. He's from Charlotte. He yeah. wants to play with the Hornets. It'll be great to have him shooting a three, and his dad is on the call talking about it. Bring him in, and he can uh, help – 
extend that Hornets offense. And then also maybe even Torrey Craig. Uh, he's going to be a little bit pricey, but if you can bring him in, that'll definitely boost your team. That is what I think the Charlotte Hornets should do for this uh, offseason. All right, let's get into some other stuff. Let's hit it and quit it. So the NHL had their awards announcements last night in their ceremony out in Nashville ahead of the NHL draft. Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers, the league MVP, one vote shy of unanimous. I want to know who the stooge was that didn't give him a first place vote. And by the way, the guy or individual who did not give Connor McDavid their first place vote gave him their fifth place vote. Like, this who's is the other four? Yeah, exactly. Name four players in the league better than Connor McDavid right now. Go ahead. I'll wait. Like, that clearly has to be somebody with a grudge or a vendetta against either McDavid or the Oilers because yeah. that makes no sense. Like, this guy put in 153 points this past regular yeah. season. Over 60 goals. Added 20 points in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, what are you talking? Like, these are crazy numbers. 64 goals, 89 assists, and that was just in a regular season. Eight goals, 12 assists in the playoffs. Like, <laughs> like these are just – these are mind-blowing numbers. They're, they're video game level numbers is, is it's, what it is. It's uh, it, it kind of reminds that guy is. I just want to. I'm not a violent guy, but I just want to. Just want to give them a nice Ric Flair chop in the chest. I'd just like to ask why. Like, just explain why. I want to hear your reasoning. Why he's the? You thought he was the fifth best player in the NHL this past season. Kind of reminds me. I remember a few years ago when Ricky Henderson was inducted into the into Cooperstown into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And one person did not vote for for Ricky Henderson his first year of being eligible because no one goes into the Hall of Fame as a unanimous selection in baseball. Therefore, I'm not going to vote for him. Like, stop. That's weird. Stop. Like, you suck. Get out of here. You know, there there are times where people say things, and, and clearly this is a member of the media. Yeah. There's sometimes people say things against the media. I'm like, that is really dumb and that's unfounded. You're mm-hmm. just saying that because you're mad, right? Then there's sometimes people say things. I'm like, you know what? That, that might be true. That and might be whoever true. this guy is right here, like you, whatever your allegiances are, you have to put that to the side. Yeah. Connor McDavid is the best thing smoking right now in the NHL. We talk about an individual player. Mm-hmm. Stop what you're doing. He's not number five. If you have an argument for somebody to be number two, for him to be number two and somebody else number one, okay, whatever. But five? No. Get out of here. Get out of here. All right. Take it next, Chris. You're killing me, Petey. You're killing me. All right. Here's something I thought was very interesting. Uh, yeah. Paulo Bencaro uh, was recently uh, named as a part of the U.S. Uh, men's uh, team, ba- basketball team for the FIBA World Cup that's coming up very soon. But before he came to Duke, I remember all the talk around him becoming an Italian citizen, Mm -hmm. his uh, father of Italian heritage, and he wanted to play for Team Italy. He would have he said he was going to be so excited to do that. Didn't get a chance uh, to do it before a few years ago because of COVID-19. Well, Paulo Bancaro is a part of Team USA right now. Yeah. And the uh, Italian Federation of Basketball president, uh, Alessandro. No, no, no. That's the person who reported. What's the guy's name here? Uh, Gianni Petrucci. G- Gianni Petrucci. 
He says this, quote, betrayal is a big word. In sports, these things happen, and personally, I'm used to it. I consider it a joke. And that was uh, translated from Alessandro Luigi Maggi. So he is highly upset at Paulo Bancaro right now, which, you know what? On one hand, I can understand Petrucci. Yeah. On the other hand, it's like Paulo would have been playing with a bunch of Chris Lees and Dennis Coxes on that Italian national hey, team. Hey. Like, it's good that he went to Team USA. Like, just, just stick with the good USA. Hey, You're from Seattle. Don't disparage my mother's maiden name, Fornatero. Do not disparage the Fornatero family I'm just family disparaging name. your basketball skills. That's it. Hey, it's not That's my it. fault I'm 5'10". Okay? <laughs> That's there's, not there's my good fault. players who play at 5'10". It's just you were you built for other sports. I, and I, yeah, I'm not one of those good 5'10 basketball players. I can tell you that <laughs> right now. But, yeah, could you imagine, like, just getting called out by the the head of a, another country's basketball association. I went to say betrayal. What is he, Benedict Arnold? Come on now, let's let's not. You know, it's okay. What? Hey, clearly he's never dealt with college sports and recruiting. I can tell you that right now it, because it's exactly bingo. what it was. Bingo. So now the same thing that's happening to see college basketball fans is not just happening to you. It's also happening to different people in the countries. Now you're going to have people skipping out on, on entire countries. Like, is, is Tyrese Proctor going to do this uh, to Team Australia? Because yeah. I think his dad is technically American. So technically, he could play for Team USA at some point, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it depends on uh, what country's NIL deals are floating around out there, Chris. <laughs> like entering the uh, entering the country transfer portal. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. I really don't think it makes a damn bit of difference. Derek Lively, who was just drafted in the lottery in the NBA uh, just just last week, a lottery pick in the top uh, top fourteen, discussed about what he wants to do with the money that he's going to be making in the NBA uh, now that he is a professional, and he talked about providing for his mom. Just going back, giving a little bit of history. You know, my mom's been battling cancer since 2013, you know, and before that, my dad passed two years before. So it just seemed like there's been a lot of walls in front of us that seems like we can't get around. So I've seen my mom on days where she can't even get downstairs. I've seen some days where she could barely talk to me. So just to see where she's at right now, right in front of me, to be able to be here in this place, it just makes me want to work harder and it just makes you just want to provide a life for her that is better than anything that she could possibly get for herself. Powerful stuff. Eric Lively is so easy to cheer for, man. Mm -hmm. He is so easy to cheer for. Uh, last year, I think it's usually around uh, late September or early October uh, when Duke normally does their, you know, beginning of the season kind of media day for all the media to meet the new uh, team from, from the upcoming season. And I think everybody that was there with us when we got a chance to interview Derek Lively, all looked around at each other as this kid was speaking to us. And we were all thinking the same thing. He is the guy. He's Duke's guy. Now, we thought that was going to end up being uh, as far as points and, and production. That wasn't the case. But if you ever went to any Duke game, uh, especially towards the end of the season, you saw that the general on the floor was Derek Lively. He was running everything, telling everybody where to be, yelling out assignments, all that good stuff. But in the NBA, he's going to be able to open up his game a little bit more. He's not going to be beholden to a college game. He's going to be able to maybe make some of his three-point shots and also running with somebody like Luka Doncic. But he's somebody who's so easy to, to play for. Uh, I mean, sorry, to cheer for, excuse me. Uh, the situation with his mom, the cancer she's been dealing with for years and years and years now at this point. 
I want this guy to win. I want this guy to win big, and I hope he has a long, fruitful NBA career. Very easy guy to cheer for. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. All right, Dennis, uh, we have some changes when it comes down to uh, the national letter of intent. So when you are a uh, a high school student and you are deciding where you want to go, you sign a national letter of intent to a college so that you're pretty much locked in uh, once you uh, you are accepted into the school. And that means you're going to get your uh, agreed upon uh, scholarship. Well, there's some things that are going to change. There will be no NLI penalty if the signee requesters release as a result of a head coaching change. Mm -hmm. Uh, Typically, the last few years, schools have just been cool about it, just let kids out of their release. They technically don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now it's actually in this rule where now they can actually do this. There will be no penalty if there's a coaching change. No penalty if the signee completes at least one academic semester or a quarter uh, at the institution of their choice. And then the four-year transfers will be able to sign an NLI after entering, entering the transfer portal. So basically, uh, once they sign that, it just means that um, no school can contact them after they've signed an NLI once they hit uh, the transfer portal. Dennis, um, as a former college coach, yeah. what does this mean to you and how do you think this helps out Maybe even coaches. This is a benefit for the students, but how does this help out coaches? I think the big benefit is for students, uh, again, with with coaches leaving and they want to try and transfer or uh, get out of their letter of intent uh, before they actually get to school because we see coaches get fired and, and, and turnover happen all the time. But I think the biggest one coming out of this is the transfer portal one is that when you get a commitment out of the transfer portal and you have that letter of intent, once that's signed, other coaches can't try and poach that player away from you. That's the that's, that's big. the big thing. Um, big. So having that letter of intent out of the transfer portal, I think, is actually the thing that is going to benefit coaches and and players in the long run as well. So yeah, as a as a former college coach, I think looking at that in the standpoint for me, if it was having that player again as a transfer signing a letter of intent, that is for me as a coach is the most beneficial thing. But I do like the protection for the athletes as well uh, in, in a lot of different regards. So, again, loosening things up a little bit. I think it's actually – I hate saying this, but a good move by the NCAA. I don't like – I don't <laughs> say that very often. I never really had to deal with the – I hated dealing with the NCAA. They stink. <laughs> All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Yeah, I do that. So, I, I know a lot of people were complaining about how difficult it was to get tickets to go see Taylor Swift in concert, but could you imagine being in line – with about 1.2 million people, or if not more, ahead of you to get tickets to an NFL game, Crazy. which is what we saw in Frankfurt, Germany, Chris. Yeah, um, it, it's it's ridiculous to see that, but yeah, there's going to be an NFL game over there, Chiefs, uh, and I can't remember the other team mm-hmm. off the top of my head. But basically, folks were went, went in there when tickets went on sale. Let's say at noon. 15 minutes later, it was all sold out. Yep. But while other folks within that 15 minutes were logging in to try to get their tickets. Imagine you were just kind of late getting to your your phone or imagine you're late getting to your computer because you had to just you know drive home or whatever uh, or, or get to your office in time so you could type in and you're just one minute late and then you log in to try to get these tickets and it says 1.4 million people are in queue. What? Yes. 1.4 million are in queue. You mean I'm one I'm part of the 1.4 million. There's one four people in hundred I'm, I'm saying 104. There's 1 mil, 1.4 million people in front of me. Yeah. That is crazy. And that's showing how much this game 
is really growing internationally, especially over in Europe and more specifically over in Germany, which remember the Carolina Panthers, uh, their, their home place in Germany, you know, as far as their uh, European market is in Germany. So, and something to keep in mind when it comes to that as well, that's an attraction, right? Like that's a special attraction. It's different than obviously having NFL games every week here in the United States during the, during the football season. That's truly a special attraction, and people want to be there for it. Much like we saw here with the Stadium Series, the difficulty people having to try and get tickets to go watch the Stadium Series at Carter-Finley Stadium for the Carolina Hurricanes and Washington Capitals, it's that same type mindset, right? It's a special attraction out there that doesn't come very often. But, yeah, 1.4 million people in line, wild. Absolutely. Chiefs and Dolphins is is the yeah. game, and, and I That's mean, that might sell out here if that was – uh, in, in North Carolina. Yeah, put that game at Carter-Finley Stadium. That'd sell out. Absolutely. I guarantee you that in a heartbeat. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Damn! Uh, real quick, speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Travis Kelsey, their all-pro, all-everything tight end, um, says, like, oh, yeah, by the way, doing a podcast with my brother, like just doing a podcast is kind of hard. It's like, huh, okay, really? Imagine that. People, I said this earlier, people talk trash about the media and certain things sometimes i shake my head mm-hmm. it's like oh my god and other times it's it's like okay i get what you're talking about this is one of the times where people should give props to the media for what we actually do as a job uh and especially when it comes down to podcasting because i guess people are looking at podcasting like oh my gosh and this is the exact quote from travis kelsey it's the hardest job in the effing world to keep coming up with content that people would want to hear yeah this is what live radio is, especially talk radio, three hours yeah. a day, Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. This thing ain't easy. And it's, it's, not. And it's not just you roll up into the station and you just start talking. There's hours of prep that go into the show. One of the rules, and we're just going to peel back the curtain for you guys a little bit. One of the rules uh, in radio, unwritten rules is for every hour you're on, on radio, that's an hour of, that you need to prep. At least. And so... Technically, if you're on the radio for, for three hours of the day, you need another three hours to just prep for that. Dennis and I do more than that. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes for a pretty long day. And that it does. <laughs> and you're, uh, yeah, so, you're, even once the show ends, you're already working on future shows and things like that. So anyway, facts, it's just, uh, hey, you know what? It's not as easy as it sounds, folks. Not as easy as it sounds. But you know what? Let's go. Let's let's quit that. Let's hit this. I hit it so good. Uh, Nick Saban, by the way, says he's going to basically coach until he until he croaks. That's according to a recruit uh, that is uh, being recruited by Alabama. Uh, Nick Saban's going to be 72 years old this upcoming season, and he's basically the Vince McMahon. I would like to say is that you know what Vince McMahon's never going to go away. Nick Saban's just never going to go. Away. Yeah, Alabama wide receiver will commit uh, Ryan Williams. He's a five-star prospect in the 2025 class. Uh, this is what he said. Saban told me he's going to be coaching until he croaks over, and he's got some time. Uh, you know what? I, I will say that Nick Saban looks good for 72. Um, I will think that at some point, I hope that he's not completely serious about coaching until he croaks over. But Saban, if you coach another eight years – great yeah you could go, go home it. you could go home you could just rest you know what i'm saying like you don't have to do this past 80 like at cert- at a certain point you're gonna have a-, a mental decline and 
it typically happens like in coaching jobs media jobs you see people working into their 80s and stuff like that but after like about 82 83 84 you see people really start dropping off you really start declining mentally whether you want to or not please don't wait till you croak over if yeah. you get to 80 just call it a career you've won all these national championships you made all this money you're the you're the goat in college football just go home enjoy yourself all right let's quit that let's hit this so quit asking well <laughs> Derek Carr who a lot of Carolina Panthers fans I was I was on this this bandwagon myself a lot of te- a lot of people wanted the Panthers to bring in Derek Carr well he goes to the New Orleans Saints because the Carolina Panthers get the number one overall pick well things did not end well with his tenure in Vegas with the Raiders basically got benched the last couple games of the season because he had some injury guarantees that would have kicked in had he gotten hurt. It's like, you know what? Even though you were the rock for this organization through all the John Gruden mess, you still helped get us to the playoffs when we had an interim head coach. But you know what? We're just going to go ahead and shove you to the side before the season's even over. And you know what? It upset not only him, but upset his wife. Yeah, and this is a quote that Carr said. Once they made my wife cry, it was pretty much over. Once they made her cry, that was out. But the love for my teammates is what probably would have uh, would have made me do it. But the way it worked out and the timing of things, I was just, it was just time to move on. But who knows? You never know what will happen. Um, my wife, I don't think, has ever cried over any of my jobs. Uh, I was going to ask you that. Have you ever had a girlfriend, your mom, your sister, anybody close to you ever cried over a job or something from school or something like that for you not that i know of if they did i wasn't there that's what I, that's what i should say i can't imagine that in my life either but i know some I can, that were definitely upset for me from some different situations yeah I, I i can't imagine like my wife actually crying over anything um when it comes down to like my job but if she did that's it's gonna be hard it wouldn't it be really hard to go back to that place oh yeah like because like once your once your wife is out on something like when she's 100 out on it is you can't you really can't go back or else you're gonna have problems yeah exactly just <laughs> and we saw that from tom brady right yeah tom brady is a testament to that yeah it's just it makes things just an awkward situation but as a whole but we often forget that Hey, you know what? These are people, too. These are their jobs, and this is what they do for a living. And what they do for a living not only impacts them, the individual, but also impacts their families as well. And you know what? I, You know, it's when something happens to your spouse and their, their work life, that does hit you, too. You know? Like, that stuff does matter to you because it's their health and their well-being that you care about. So, yeah, you know what? Um it hurts to see a family member or someone that you love have to go through a struggle, you know, at work. It just definitely is uh, for sure. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Bye, Felicia. All right, final thing I want to mention here, Chris. I don't know if you're a big game show person. I love game shows. I love Jeopardy. Wheel of Fortune uh, is a lot of fun. Price is right. Family feud. But Wheel of Fortune, like I just mentioned a moment ago, Pat Sajak's leaving. Ryan Seacrest right in. Here we go. Ryan Seacrest is going to be your new host of Wheel of Fortune, Chris. Because Ryan Seacrest needs another job. Well, you know, he hasn't been on television in a while, Chris. <laughs> That's the thing. He hasn't been on well, TV in a bit. You know what he's been doing, though? Radio. Creating television. He's, like, executive producing almost yeah. everything on E. And when he's not yeah. doing that, yes, he is on radio. So it's, it's, it's like him and Steve Harvey are taking all the hosting jobs that you could possibly have out there 
That's why it's hard for me and you to move up, man. <laughs> yeah. Yo, it's a bit to you, like, yeah, the hosting stuff. Yeah, I see Steve Harvey. You're going to see Ryan Seacrest. I remember like, Carson Daly was around uh, hosting a bunch of stuff for a while he's as still, well. Carson Daly's still around. Well, yeah, well, I mean, like, like but he GMA was, or something. Yeah, but he's still around hosting a whole bunch of different stuff as well. One host, I so I get Ryan Seacrest. He's, again, he's got a big-time uh, name brand and all that kind of stuff. One host that I always end up seeing around in all these most random places I don't get why is Maria Menounos. Like I see her, I, I see her when I go watch movies and they got all the the, the previews and all that stuff. Maria Menounos pops up, uh, pops up. I'm getting gas, gas, getting gas, getting gas station. Yes. Why is Maria Menounos on my gas station pump? I do not get this. Why does she show up everywhere? Like, who are you? She was randomly on that WrestleMania a few years ago. Yeah. Too. Like what? Like who, who asked for this? No one, no one. But she's what? everywhere. You know, like when people were talking about this a few months ago, some people are just industry plants yeah. because like who actually asked for these people to be, and I'm not, I'm not saying that about Ryan Seacrest, but Maria Menounos is a good example of that because who is just this extreme fan of her that's asking for her to be all these places? She's all over the place. I don't get it. You and I are all about stuff from the state of North Carolina, right? Absolutely. Our, our teams, the, the the various landscapes that we have here in terms of the beach, the mountains, all that kind of stuff, the awesome cities that we have, all the adventures. Music. Music, yes, absolutely. A lot of great music here in the state of North Carolina. That music fest coming back in October to Durham Bulls Athletic Park. One of the staples of the state of North Carolina, along the, the the food staples that we have to offer here, from Krispy Kreme to Texas Pete hot sauce, Bojangles, Bojangles famous chicken and biscuits is a staple here to the state of North Carolina, and it's something that caught our attention earlier today, or actually caught caught our attention a couple of days ago. The CEO of Bojangles, Jose Armario. Said he doesn't want to. It says it's going to sound weird, but he says he wants to get out of the chicken business. I want to get into the experience business. Now, what does that look like? So they might be looking to streamline some of their menu. For example, no longer have bone-in chicken as an option. So just boneless chicken uh, as their options as well. They're going to add milkshakes, uh, three different flavors. So this they're starting this on some of their newer locations, none of which are currently in the state of North Carolina right now, but. I'm curious to see how this business model, in terms of going to the experience business, what does that look like? Because as someone who does consume Bojangles on occasion, okay, the experience is getting that beautiful yellow and red box with that three-piece Supreme, and I know I got those fries, those tenders, and that biscuit sitting inside there. That, to me, is the experience, right? That is the experience. Or that tailgate box. We see that a lot at Canes games or tailgating here at these college football games. That bowl box is a big thing. That tailgating box, it's massive. I'm curious of what this experiencing is, is going gonna, is gonna to be like in the near future because this is a staple of what we do, not only just what the food that we consume, but this also applies into our tailgating culture that we have here in the state of North Carolina. Yes, man. Um Dennis, you know, I, I, you know this. The audience knows this. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in case there's some who don't know, I'm vegan. Been vegan for going on five years. Yeah. Do you want to know? And I'm from North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. I'm 37 years old. So that means I've had 32 good years of eating 
so much Bojangles yeah. in my life, right? Like a lot literally of the first four years of my life when I lived at this apartment complex that's literally next to North Carolina A&T uh, State University, first four years of my life up the street, literally I, I remember walking distance, Bojangles was there and my family would walk to Bojangles, get a bunch of food and come back. Like I, those are some of my earliest memories yeah. uh, being uh, a three and four year old. And to hear this, right, it, it's, it's upsetting to me. I'm going to tell you what some of my orders, my go-to orders were mm -hmm. at Bojangles before I went on this vegan train, right? If I was going to go there for breakfast, then I had to get the Cajun filet with egg and cheese with the fries, seasoned fries, and I had to get it with, uh, with strawberry jelly. Like, you can't get rid of that. You can't get rid of that. That's, that's amazing. Um, if I was getting something for dinner or for lunch, probably a two-piece white with – uh, green beans and mm. and some seasoned fries like you can't get rid of that like come on like that is that's classic right there that's so classic and to hear that they're trying to get rid of all of that the number one thing it made me remember and I don't know if this is your experience Dennis from from Virginia one of the things that this announcement made me think of was Hardee's do you remember when Hardee's used to have bone-in chicken it mm. really was a it was like more of a chicken joint yeah. than actual burgers right now. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I remember I remember when all that went away and all of a sudden you had this star and it was Hardee's on the East Coast and it was Carl's Jr. on the West Coast and it was pretty much a big burger place. And I just hope that Bojangles doesn't turn into that. That was what I'm hoping it doesn't turn into. So something to keep in mind here, all right, is that the the legacy and core stores – aren't going to be making that boneless flip, all right? It's solely a okay, new good. market approach. But with learning and, you know, maybe things on the equipment side, there, there is potential things to, of those kinds of things to potentially transfer over, okay? So it's not like a complete just change of menu and change of approach when it comes to Bojangles. But I, I would like to see, again, I get wanting to have a better experience, right? Because sometimes the food – like just having good food may not simply be enough because there's a lot of great places you can go out there and, and get food, especially chicken. All right. I mean, you mentioned Hardee's used to be a big time chicken place, but I mean, you still got Chick-fil-A you got Zaxby's. I mean, a lot of places have raising canes, you, you, Bojangles being amongst them. So there's a lot of chicken places, PDQ. All right. But at least I know here in this area, NC state football game day, right? Go to Western Boulevard, that, that Western Boulevard gets backed up for people trying to go through the uh, the drive through line at Bojangles. Heck, yes. there's one right over here off of Atlantic Avenue that's right by us as well, this Bojangles, and it's always busy. I drive yeah. by it oftentimes uh, after work. I don't go there, but there's always a line wrapped around that, that place. So I get wanting to have a better experience for your customers and also have a better experience and, and streamline things for your employees as well. I totally get that. I'm not trying to discount that at all. But I hope that Bojangles at its core in terms of what they offer does stay the same, you know, if that makes sense. So Bojangles yeah. is still going to be around. You know what? As long as you got that three-piece Supreme floating around out there, Chris, and I can get fries and I can get that biscuit and that sweet tea still out there and I know my girlfriend can get the Pintos, we're going to be set. You know what? That's totally okay with me. You know, I you for named, me personally, I don't uh, need the bone-in chicken. That's fine. But as long as you still have those Supreme boxes, I'm good. So that, that's what I was actually about to bring mm -hmm. up. You named all these other places before. You said all these other places have chicken. 
Yeah, but they don't have the to-go bone-in chicken. Yeah. And, and I'm one of those people back when I, you know, ate chicken that, you know, if it was boneless or bone-in, give it to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't care. And sometimes you just need to go get a quick chicken breast and, and a biscuit and go about your day. You know what I'm saying? So uh, now here's one thing I am interested in how this will be. I know they're not going to have a vegan version, so I'll never taste it because it'll totally upset my stomach. But a bowberry shake, that's, that, that sounds that's in there. awesome. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So I, I, if, they, if they ever, if Bojangles, if you ever said, yeah, let's try a vegan menu somewhere, um, let me know. I'll be a taste tester for you, for sure. Okay. Especially for the bowberry shake. Okay. You heard it here. Chris is going to do a bowberry shake. I'm, you know what? That'd be intriguing to see. I'm not a blueberry person, but you know what? I'd be intrigued to try that. I'd be what? As long as the Canes, when they score power play goals, Chris, and people can get that free bowberry biscuit, I know that matters to a lot of people out there as well. So, again, we're starting to see some staples just in our everyday life starting to change just a little bit. Uh, but, again, I hope the core of what made Bojangles great still stays intact.